The best way to get you going. This, this, this is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabira Sheikh Yassar only on the Voice of the Cape. So 7.33 is where we're at this morning. If you've just turned on your radios, welcome into it. VOC Breakfast right here on 91.3 FM. And of course, we move along now to our next feature. Now, the extended closure of schools in South Africa could have serious long-term ramifications for learners, especially in earlier grades, according to the Department of Education. Now, in a briefing to Parliament on Wednesday, the department said that younger students are particularly at risk of forgetting about skills and knowledge acquired at school if they stop learning for an extended period of time. And at the other end of the scale, the department was concerned about the grade 12 cohort of 2021, which lost significant teaching time as grade 11 pupils in 2020. Now, of course, just over a week ago, we also saw um, the 2021 academic year being delayed further to reopen. Now, schools head back on the 15th or will head back on the 15th of February 2021. But of course, what does this all mean? And, you know, are we ready for schools to reopen is the big question we're asking this morning. Joining us online this morning for comment, Professor Aslam Fatah, Research Chair in Transformation and Professor in the Department of Education Policy Studies at Stellenbosch University. Prof. Aslam Alaikum, good morning. Good to be chatting. Alaikum Aslam now, of course, you know, even prior to schools closing, you know, were we ever going to be ready to open the academic year come the 27th of this month, Prof? Yes, no, I don't think we would likely have been, given the, um, the, um, the increase in infections, the hospitalizations, the death rates and so on. So the 27th would have been out entirely. Uh, and the pressure that was brought particularly by parents and by um, teachers and teacher unions uh, ensure that that would not have been the case. Well, we are now opening um, independent schools on the 1st of February and public schools on the 15th of February. And so the idea is that schools will get uh, themselves and teachers will get themselves ready for when, when the kids come back on those dates and they are currently doing that. And that should um, uh, go relatively uh, as planned and smoothly if and only if the infection rates uh, continue to plateau and if we don't hit a devastating surge in infections and hospitalizations over the next uh, two, three weeks. Indeed. Now, of course, you know, ever since last year, COVID disrupted, of course, the 2020 academic year. Um, but of course, you know, the Department of Education, together with schools, they've been speaking about catch-up plans that have been hatched in the various provinces. You know, we're going to see things like extra lessons, earlier class times, perhaps. You know, comments around those, you know, is the catch-up plan enough? Yeah. Look, um, we have lost uh, in 2020, lost in 2020, um, 80 teaching days at minimum, right? Uh, it doesn't mean that we didn't lose time during the days that there were classes, but we've lost 80 uh, uh, entirely without classes. That, that, that amount was a considerable loss of teaching time. It can't be made up, um, but it can be, uh, um, it can be addressed um, if uh, there are plans and if there's time and space available given the uh, infection rates and so on and so forth. The incontrovertible point is this one, that if the teaching time and therefore learning time have been considerably reduced in 2020, uh, the plans to catch up in 2021 um, are there, but uh, given the fact that we also have to get going on the 2021 curriculum, the curriculum of the next year, 
And given the fact that um, schools will still be socially distanced when they go back, in other words, phased classes, 50% classes, reduced classes, and social distancing conditions and so on, it's highly unlikely that we will, in the next uh, year, uh, six months, be able to make up last year's learning loss, not to speak of uh, generational learning loss, because this is an impact for the next 10 years that we, that we will have to make up what we've lost last year. I think the best way of thinking about making up for learning loss is mm-hmm. to think about it systemically, that we have been put back, the system, entire system has been put back, mm-hmm. and we have to think about how over the next 10 years we will be able to make up the learning loss for the system, if not for individual students uh, year upon year. Now, Prof, also the one concern that many had last year was uh, the yeah. matriculants and the grade 7 learners that, that, that was in 2020. But it seems yeah. like, you know, the matrics of 2021, they are also sitting with a lot of anxiety at this point in time. How will this affect them? Yes, the anxiety is, is run from 2020 into 2021. In grade 11, they may have uh, question marks about having completed the grade 11 uh, curriculum properly fully and whether they are fully prepared for 2021 metric. Now, secondly, they are now going to start a month later. Um, and so therefore, the anxiety levels that are normally there for metric are now increasing uh, double, uh, doubly so. And this will have a tremendous impact on, on the uh, on the matriculants this year. And so the system and its teachers will be fundamentally challenged to ensure some kind of a, a, a learning a learning context for these matriculants to, uh, to get through the year. Um, it also doesn't, um, uh, where there may, may be even more uh, disruptions during the year and whether these uh, matriculants and the rest of the schooling system will finish the year mm. uh, in the way intended is, is, a, is a different problem. So we, we are going to live, in terms of school functioning, we are going to live day by day and week by week. Uh, and we are hoping uh, um, uh, that the pandemic's uh, indicators have come down so that we can begin to develop some kind of normalcy in all of this. Yeah. With that said, uh, Prof, and you just touched on it now, you know, being able to would most likely live day by day, you know, just see how um, how things go. I mean, there's already talks about the third wave, you know, if people don't change their behavior and stuff. What would the alternatives be then for those matriculants, for those in grade 7 now again this year? Because obviously it's milestones for them. Yes. Well, the alternatives are, um, uh, all of them are unsatisfactory. But the alternative, the, the plan currently is, and it's not, it's an old, it's a big alternative, is that we have to have a, uh, a very uh, robust uh, set of interventions uh, and set of uh, systems and plans in place for when these students come to school, right? So there's going to be windows open. The first window that opens up on the 15th of February. Yeah. Then those windows have to be maximized. How, how do they have to be maximized? Relationship between teaching, materials, coverage of work, giving of homework in the event that uh, schools close down again or reduced uh, time and so on. Mm-hmm. That has to be think, thought of differently uh, than in previous years when kids are in your, in front of you all the time for, for seven or eight months before you arrive. That's definitely not going to be the case, but they will be there in chunks of time. When they are there in chunks of time, they have to, in a sense, them differently. They have to cover the curriculum, they have to get them into the learning material, and very importantly, they have to get them motivated to self-learning. Self-learning might sound a little bit stringent, but that is the only way that we are going to get through this, and teachers are going to play a very important uh, role in organizing and coordinating all of this.
Mm. Prof, then finally, just in terms of the Department of Basic Education themselves, you know, in your opinion, um, perhaps an overview as to how they have been handling the situation. I mean, we're going into 2021. We don't know what's around the corner, perhaps further potential impending lockdown levels as well. You know, is the DBE equipped to handle this? And, you know, are they operating and handling this or 2021 thus far? I mean, we're just having a look at the announcement of, you know, the delay of school or reopening of school. Um, there was a lot of pressure from parents, teachers, as well as unions, and then the department coming out, you know, after a while yeah. with their announcement. How have they been handling it? The Department of Basic Education has been responding uh, in an ad hoc fashion to the developments that's outside of their control. So the responses have been ad hoc and unsatisfactory, but it has not been ad hoc outside of the set of reasons that they can't control. So infection rates, hospitalization rates, and so on, and second wave and third wave impending, uh, uh, really are outside of their control. Secondly, they come under enormous pressure from three sectors. One, parents, and, and 55% of parents don't want, didn't want to send their children to school in, in January, so you can imagine 55% of parents' pressure on them. Secondly, teachers. Teachers, uh, 2,000 uh, and more of teachers have died already, including very prominent teachers uh, in teacher unions mm. and so on. So, so the pressure are immediately from them. Thirdly, the disputation in the science. You know, various scientists say the pediatric association says open the school, it's good for you, it's nutrition, kids are not going to get infected. The COVID council under Salim Abdul Karim is saying probably keep it closed uh, because if community spread happens, that will impact the school and school will close in any case at all. So the Department of Basic Education was forced into an ad hoc position and, and from them, everything is ad hoc. In this case, the causes of the ad hocery is outside of the uh, control. And so I have some sympathy for the way they're functioning, although they haven't been functioning very effectively uh, as it, uh, in this case uh, at all. Let's leave it at that. Professor Aslam Vatar from Stellenbosch University's Faculty of Education speaking to us about the, the, the reopening of schools and are we really ready? Um, you know, and uh, always lovely chatting to Prof because it gives us detailed analysis in terms of what it is we can expect Absolutely. for the 2021 academic year. That's something we definitely have to keep our eye on, but also we know closer to home and we're going to speak to Brona Hammond. She's from the Western Cape Education Department after the break um, just to sort of get what the situation is like for, from the West. We always know that they've always been, you know, um, reportedly to be ready, you know, whenever the schools are supposed to be opening up. We're going to be talking about that. We're talking about how COVID affected, you know, um, their staff complements here in the Western Cape. We also want to know, have there been any vandalism being reported over the holiday season? Because it's been quite... Um, it's been a minute there um, as well and I saw one or two reports coming through but not to worry we're going to bring you all the details after that and Sabiro Sheikh yes only on the voice of the king Breakfast on 91.3 FM, 14 to 8 o'clock for the next couple of minutes. Brona Hammond from the Western Cape Education Department joins us online. We, just before the break, spoke to Professor Aslam Fatar, and we spoke about, uh, you know, the reopening of schools and are we really ready? Uh, Brona Hammond from the Western Cape Department of Education. Good morning. Thank you so much for your time here on Breakfast 91.3 FM. If memory serves me correctly, I think it's the first time we're talking this year um, uh, on breakfast. But uh, nonetheless, Brona, good morning. Thank you for your time. Let's kick it off quickly in terms of the readiness for the WCD are we ready for 2021 come 15th Feb Good morning. Good morning to your listeners and uh, all the best for this year. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think we are ready. We were expecting to open schools tomorrow, so we we had arranged for 
all, the, all the necessary furniture and equipment, textbooks, stationery, all those kind of um, normal normal school kind of deliveries would take, take that took place last year in preparation for the start of the school year. Because even though we've had an abnormal year last year, we are trying to work as normally as possible and, and try and get the system to function as it should be, um, despite the fact that we are in an abnormal school environment at the moment. Mm. Talk to us about Plan B. You know, should they delay the school again? You know, should we uh, go into a third wave like some uh, people are predicting? You know, what's the Plan B? Well, right now we are hopeful that we won't have to do that delay schools anymore because we we really have uh, had a significant loss of teaching and learning time, and and we really need to look at what what this, the impact is on our learners themselves not just for you know just for the their futures and and the future con- economy you know we, we really are concerned about the, the number of days that our learners have lost and obviously we need to take into account the the medical advice you know the advice coming from the ncc and our department of health at the moment we are seeing a big reduction in cases in western cape we're following that at a provincial level as well as um the teachers themselves that have um, contracted the virus over the holiday period. Um, and thankfully, those numbers are decreasing. But yes, there's always a chance of a, of a third wave. Um, but we need to try and look at what the health benefits or the risks are, and also the fact that these children have a constitutional right to education. And, you know, uh, it's, it's been crazy over the last few days, the amount of emails that we're receiving from parents and even comments from learners that, that mm. want to go back to school. And, and you know, so there, there's two arguments to the story, but, um, you know, we, we have to, to just do the best we can given the directions that we right. have received from DBE. Right. Now let's also look at um, um, I, I, the last time we spoke to the unions, right? They mentioned about the um, amount of educators or, or at least let's just say the amount of staff under the DBE, you know, it amounted to about 2,000 that succumbed to, the, to, um, to COVID-19. What does the stats look like here in the Western Cape? Do we have a, st- a full staff complement? Um, well, right now, we, we well, as we stand, we've had 96 deaths of educators in the Western Cape. That is from when the pandemic came last year. But we've seen over 50% of that um, has taken place um, during the school holiday whilst the teachers were not at school. Mm. Um, we, we are very sad to have had losses of teachers and even our staff at head office and in our districts. Yeah. So it has, it has been... Uh, very an eye opener for a lot of us in terms of you know the the severity of the virus itself in the second wave as compared to the first wave. You know we are seeing a lot more cases, but then I have to make it clear that you know the number of cases you know we have received. You know the schools aren't open, and 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 as we look seeing the first wave and in the second wave and around we've seen the the trend going down. You, what is happening is that there's there was no big spike because schools went back. There's no um, increase in teacher number cases, for example, when schools returned. We are not, we're not seeing any differences between what's happening during holiday school, holiday periods, or when schools open. Um, what we are seeing is, the, is that the trends, that we, the stats that we've got of our employees are mirroring the stats of the province. So we can say with, with, with quite clear conviction that that that, that the cases that we are receiving in schools now is not because of the fact that 
learners are at school and teachers are at school and there's super spread and schools are super spread. Yeah, of course, because there's holidays at this point in time as well. Let's talk about um, uh, the, the other point, Brona, that, is, that usually also happen that we report on also. You know, in terms of the safety of the school buildings and the property and so forth, has anything been reported that was regular there during this period? <laughs> Um, we are still waiting for those um, those stats. We will get this at the end of this week because some of our schools are large properties and I know that our principals would need to make um, their rounds and the caretakers and, and other staff would need to just check and see and we and we usually get you know three to four days into the new school year when teachers and principals return you know they 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 make their rounds and notice certain suspicious activity that might have occurred so we're waiting for all those stats to come in um hopefully it will not be high um and we will it'll be interesting to see if if the fact that we had a curfew during this this period if that maybe assisted us in terms of incidents mm-hmm. that happened at night when the community's eyes and ears weren't watching Right, let's leave it at that. Brona Hammond from the Western Cape Education Department. Thank you very much for your time this morning on Breakfast 9 to 1.3 FM 96 Death.